Hey everybody, this is Barbara and I am going to do a weekly recap from week one. I like to do these via audio because I have a lot to say and it's just easier to get all my thoughts out while I'm speaking. So um, you can expect a recap from me Sunday nights, Monday mornings about uh, what the past week was about and I'm mostly going to be addressing any uh, specific topics that are mentioned in the forums. So a couple things that I want to talk about in this presentation are um, the three main themes that I found throughout the forums. And those themes were time constraints, lack of resources, and lack of business knowledge. So those are the three things that I'm going to be addressing in this audio. So a lot of people were talking about the time constraints of being an embedded business librarian. And I'm going to address that first. So let's be real here. Being uh, embedded in the business community is not like a typical library role. It's not the same as sitting behind the reference desk or, you know, cataloging or something like that. All of them, all, they're all valuable roles for the library and the community. There's no doubt about it. But the embedded business librarian role is unique in the sense that you're specifically outside of the library the majority of the time. And it's also at, at hours that are typically not nine to five. Um, there's a lot of breakfast. Your lunch hours might be totally uh, gone to networking events, after hours events, so it can be a hectic schedule to be sure. And you know, a lot of people, it's an uncomfortable adjustment getting away from the nine to five schedule and I totally get it. It is an adjustment. But I also want to be clear that in the beginning of this, you're really finding out how the business community ticks. So it's important to be there and to be flexible. You may find that going on down the road that you don't need to be at the after hours events or something like that. That might very well might be the reality or maybe you don't need to go to the breakfast. You'll find that out later on and you're, you're going to get into the pattern that works best for you and for the business community. But often in the beginning, which it seems the majority of people in this class are, um, that beginning time is really a time of of discovery and so it's going to probably feel the most hectic. I also want to reiterate though that um, this is a lot of time because it's a it's a new role for a lot of libraries and it's it's untreaded terrain which is actually really exciting that your library chose you to be in this role because it's a really important role and depending on your library and your library's relationship with the community very well could be the most important role in your library because you have the opportunity to really transform the library's image um, so take a lot of pride in the work that you're doing I understand it can be hectic in the beginning but take pride that you were selected for this role and that there's a lot of potential here. So let's talk about, um, you know, the pragmatic aspect of time because, you know, I'm saying a lot of stuff about how important this role is and stick with it in the beginning and stuff, but, you know, you're probably like, that's not giving me a concrete answer to how can I actually fix my time. So let's talk about that. Um, so first of all, let's think about the stuff that you're doing at work that, um, or in the library space that you could possibly um, create passive content for. So let's just say that you do a lot of one-on-one -on -one appointments with people on how to use a library or a business database, like how to use Reference USA or something like that. Um, is there a way that you can record tutorials 
of yourself doing these classes, teaching these classes, going through um, you know the aspects of these databases, so that that way you don't have to always be in the library to teach these classes. Could you create a YouTube channel for the library that goes through how to use these different tutorials? So that way you don't have to feel like okay, well I got to rush and do this one-on-one -on -one appointment before I go to the Chamber of Commerce or something like that. You don't have to feel so rushed. Um, if a lot of your one-on-one -on -one appointments are repetitive, it might be helpful to instead of doing um, an in-person one-on-one appointment, perhaps direct people to do a preliminary one-on-one -on -one appointment where they're given links to these tutorials and then they can meet with you for additional questions. And so that could really save you a lot of time instead of going over the monotony of the same things of how to use a database. You're providing them with the resources, the handouts, the step-by-step -step directions, and then they can set up a time with you afterwards when, they're, when they have a little bit of clarity on how the database works and then um, a little bit more direction where they need you. So that could possibly save you some time. Um, the other thing that you could do is you could use teachable.com. It's a platform to create online classes and it's free. Um, they have a free subscription which is what I recommend using and it's what I use. And you can use it to create digital classes. So specifically you could do like a business one-on-one, -on -one, 101 intro to library resources class. Super bare bones, nothing complex, you know, nothing like from a master's program, just a quick overview of all the different types of resources that the library has. So again, you could put this on the library website, and then that way when people want to schedule you know, that initial one-on-one -on -one appointment with the business librarian, you can say, okay, first we do an onboarding where you can take a look at the resources that we have in these tutorials and trainings. It very well might answer some of the questions that you, the initial questions you have, and then afterwards we can set up a one-on-one -on -one appointment for more um, in-depth discussion about how the library can help your business needs. Um, it could also then parlay into an opportunity for fellow staff members. These tutorials and trainings could um, help other staff members learn how to use these resources themselves and then they could conduct training informally or formally at the library while you're out and about in the community. Um, in terms of time, the other thing is programming. Maybe you're in charge of developing the library programming for business, um, for business programs. How can you take advantage of the, uh, the connections that you already have in the business community and integrate those into existing programs? So let's just say you're on a committee right now and there is an individual who owns a, you know, a graphic design shop or something. How can you use that relationship with that individual to do an off-site library program um, where... That person does the program there where they, you know, do a quick tour about their graphic design studio, maybe teach people some basics about graphic design, or could they come into the library and do a workshop on graphic design? How can you use the relationships that you already have, however informal they may seem, to develop your programming schedule? So that way you don't feel like, okay, I need to go out in the community and now I got to go home or back to the library and I got to think of all these programs. How can you Take advantage of the networks that you already have, the work that you're already doing outside of the library, and use those connections to build a skeleton programming schedule. So that's a really good idea so that you don't need to be duplicating these efforts, going back and making phone calls and trying to schedule stuff. See if you can make those um, schedules and appointments right there while you're at the committee 
meeting or at the networking lunch and propose these ideas right there and see if you can even get out your calendars and start scheduling them. And then that can save you a lot of time. Um, so the other thing that I want to talk about then is lack of resources. So some people were saying that they're afraid that because their library doesn't have bright, shiny objects, that therefore, um, you know, they don't have a lot to offer the business communities, you know, things like that. And I understand the feeling. I've worked at a variety of libraries, some that have really cool um, 3D printers and maker spaces and some that don't. And you know what, honestly, those are really no indication on business community connections because it really comes down to people. And the one thing that the library has, no matter if the budget's amazing or the budget's not, it has people who are specifically trained in research and information access and who are invested in the community and that's librarians and that's something that is absolutely valuable to any business owner entrepreneur or the business community in general so never sell yourself short that you think you don't have something to offer because you might not have a 3D printer or a scanner or whatever, but you do have, first of all, you have a public space, which is increasingly rare. Um, you have public space, you have access to resources that typically cost thousands upon thousands of dollars for individuals to have access to for a subscription. And you also have staff members who are invested in the community and are actually educated in information access and research. And that alone is incredibly valuable. So never think that you lack business resources. And what we're going to be talking about in this class are ways that you can um, utilize what the library does have, however small you think it may be, in order to really um, develop meaningful connections with the business community. So there's really no need to feel that you have to hit a certain um, quote-unquote standard to be a successful business librarian. You got to have the stuff. It's just, it's simply not true. The last thing that kind of goes along with that is um, lack of business knowledge. Okay, so I, I completely get it. First of all, I didn't apply to be a business librarian. It fell into my lap, which seems like it happened to a lot of you as well. And let's be real, in the world of public libraries, that's pretty much how we get our roles. It's very rare that somebody applies and gets the job that, you know, they've always wanted to have. Typically in public libraries where we're short on staff, we're short on money, uh, you know, resources, tax dollars are always being cut. It really just comes out to be um, this is a need in the community and we think you're, you can do it. So go for it. And that's really how it comes about. So don't feel like, well, I don't have business knowledge. So therefore I, I can't do this again. I was a history major. I think a lot of us were probably social science majors. Um, I did not intend to be a business librarian. I, I loved it when I, uh, you know, when I embraced it, but it wasn't something that I ever thought that I was qualified to do, quote unquote. And, you know, that's my own insecurity. I think, um, you know, a lot of people feel that they, you know, they're not qualified for certain things and they certainly are. But like, let's also just step back and think. There's a lot of things you help people with that you're not, quote unquote, qualified for, so to speak. Like, I'm sure people come up to you and they are like, where is information about um, legal issues or tax documents or health information. Well, 
I can't, you know, I don't know your background, but I'm also guessing that you're not an expert in all three of those, yet you provide information about where they can, they can um, access information on those topics. So don't lose sight of the role of librarians, which is to provide information, access, and resources to people. We don't claim to be financial gurus. We don't claim to be, um, you know, biz, biz whiz people. What we do claim to be are um, librarians who are experts in information access and research, and we will help you find the information and resources that you need. That being said, obviously with business, there is a bit of a specialty to it. And so what I did in this role was I studied up as much as I possibly could using free resources, which I'm going to share in the links here. Um, I basically subscribed to stuff on Google News. I read blogs. I took online free classes on, you know, Business 101. I also want to be clear, you know, you are going to naturally find out what your business community needs are. You may very well find out that nobody cares about stocks and bonds, but everybody wants to know about social media marketing. That's perfectly fine. So it's okay to not know everything about business stuff. Um, you know, it's important to do a base study on everything. I was reading books, um, you know, had a lot of For Dummies books with me, again, subscribing to newsletters and blogs and things like that. But ultimately, it's learning what the community needs are, and then really um, improving myself in those areas. So if my community, they didn't really care about like investor information or in intellectual property, but they really cared about social media marketing or email marketing or something like that, well, then I knew that that's where I needed to brush up on. So that's the other beautiful part of embedded business librarianship is you're going to specifically find out where the needs are and what you can do to specialize in that. So again, I'm going to share some links here that can hopefully help you in, um, in your beginning stages of business librarianship. I am really excited to work with all of you over the next three weeks. Please stay uh, engaged, ask lots of questions, provide feedback, and I will see you in the forums in week two.